This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Veeam. Are you tired of slow, stressful, and expensive bank wires? There is a better way. You could Veeam it. Veeam is a simple, affordable, and fast way to send and receive payments around the world or to the business next door. Veeam bypasses current wire transfer processes, saving users time and money. Veeam also integrates with your favorite accounting software like QuickBooks, Xero, and NetSuite, making manual data entry a thing of the past. Cloud Accounting Podcast listeners who sign up for Veeam will get 10,000 Veeam back rewards points. That's a free $100 for each of your clients that sign up. Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.com slash veeam. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.com forward slash V-E-E-M to redeem this exclusive offer. Remember, veeam it and it's paid. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. So where do we start, David? I'm surviving this the Tucson blizzard of 2019 right now. We could start there. It's snowing in Tucson. It's snowing in Tucson, which is, uh, I had a bit of a storm myself this past week. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, I did, actually. I think a lot of people saw it this week. <laughs> From the podcast we did Friday, or we wrote it, I'm sorry, last Saturday, right? And then it went live Monday or Tuesday? Yes, I think it dropped on, I can't remember anymore. Uh, Monday, Monday night or Tuesday Monday morning, night, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that went live, and then there was a bit of a Twitter storm. Twitter storm. It's kind of exciting. You had a snowstorm. I had a Twitter storm. Maybe uh, for the new listeners and for those who have been with us, maybe a recap would be in order of, of you know, like what we discussed last week. Absolutely. So you want me to summarize? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So so last week we made an observation, uh, BotKeeper, that at one time it seemed like BotKeeper, everything was bots, 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 bots. But then Enrico sent an email out, their, fa- their founder, um, sent an email out that actually said like, hey, a lot of work, you know, they also have work in, done in the Philippines. Well, went out with that, that went out. Um, and then all of a sudden more information came out and then arguments started. Sometimes it was in jest, sometimes it wasn't. And then they, uh, Jody made a video. So there's just a lot of action happening back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And things got, I mean, in a way, like people got a little off the rails. Lawyer words live with law, yeah, and lawyer and legal got tossed around, right? Yeah, this was a first for me. I have never been, I don't think I've ever been threatened with legal action before in a public forum like that. So this was, Enrico came at me and, and publicly and in, in direct messages threatened legal action against me and uh, also my employer as a to be named as a third party. His director of marketing even reached out uh, directly to our CEO and uh, tried to get me in trouble in that way. So that was, uh, that was interesting. It didn't yeah. work. But the good news, the good news and all that, okay, that. So like, in the meantime, you've interviewed Enrico, you've chatted with him, corresponded a couple, I've had an hour long phone call with Enrico. Um, Enrico, I, I think, uh, sent you an olive branch and you replied back with an Oliver branch. Right. And so I think these are not as crazy as they were. Yes. Right. There's still some open questions and it's good. So next Friday, mark your calendars next Friday at 2 PM. And so you have to watch the Cloud Accounting Podcast Facebook page, and I'll create an event, and we'll get this all spun up for with you know details. So be, and watch our watch the Twitter as well. Um, but Enrico's going to agree to come on and address some of uh, the open questions that maybe are still out there. Also, we'll talk uh, really get more of a demo and an interview with Enrico. So we'll do like a good hour of uh, Facebook Live, so we can um, really understand some of these things and just chat through them a little bit because it's there's a lot happening, and uh, but he's going to talk about some of the stuff that since the podcast, like he's gotten some more emails in. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think also um, like you still are working on a blog post, it's just taking a long time. 
it's very detailed. We're gonna we're gonna talk to Enrico on on Friday if he accepts and try to get answers to these questions. Um, I, I okay, he did accept. I sent the invite. Oh, he he, okay, said, he, he clicked accept. So so we're we're yes. So we're on to set the stage. I don't know. I, I think I was up until 2 a.m. last night doing research because I wanted to make sure that I didn't get sued for anything I say today on the podcast and that I know what's, what is going on when we talk to Enrico on Friday. And I'd love to share some of that with you now, David. I think you even tweeted that you said you had like 20 page of notepad. So I kind of, I, I did see your notes. Yep. I think- um, Up to 29 pages now. 29 um, pages. Well, so, so what I did is, I, you know, I wanted to be clear about what I said last week uh, and make sure that you know I, I wasn't making a mistake or that I had a wrong impression. So I did a bunch of Googling last night uh, for many, many hours, and I found every single botkeeper-focused article, video, uh, website that I could find. And there have been something like over 20 uh, articles in the press in the last, oh, I don't know, two years, maybe more, that I that I found. And I was trying to figure out how does Botkeeper and how, do, how does Enrico portray Botkeeper uh, to the public? Because that has been my concern up to this point. I mean, that's what got me interested in Botkeeper to begin with is because I thought to myself when I heard about it, this sounds too good to be true. Botkeeper advertises itself as a robotic bookkeeping service, a, a bookkeeping service that is powered by bots. In a way, like it's super, super effective. Oh yeah, it's because, I mean, there's other similar services on the internet, right? Of like kind of an accounting firm with engineers, but you can't name any of them, right? This is this is the one that's getting that that. I mean, the name is like, it's a great name. Yeah, it's great. And Enrico, you know, he got on Fox Business News. He's been featured in much of the accounting press, in the mainstream press, in TechCrunch, in in the tech world, representing Botkeeper and saying that they have developed an AI that can replace a human being, that can do what a, what a bookkeeper does. And you know, somebody who started out as a bookkeeper and who knows something about AI, I, I know that just in general, AI is not there yet. Nobody has figured out how to make an AI that can replace a human being, that can pass the Turing test when it comes to, say, doing the work of a bookkeeper. Right, David? Would you agree that general, like, if somebody had done that, that would be really big news? If somebody 100% did it, yeah. I can look at a lot of, a lot of these companies that are in our space, right? So the expensifies Intuits, Zero, Auto Entry, just on and on. Like we've been working on this for like eight, eight years, right? Nine yeah. years, ten years, right? And and it, and it's hard to get to that last mile. There's still a little human intervention. So the the thing that got me interested in this is that uh, the Fox Business News segment, the where Enrico was on cable news talking about Bot Caper, he never mentioned human beings one time. And I understand it's only like a two-minute segment, so maybe that's not fair. But the way that he presented Botkeeper in that segment, it didn't sound like humans were involved. And then there was an Accounting Today article uh, in uh, December in which he said, quote, it's a full bookkeeper replacement. It's a robo-bookkeeper. So those are the two things that got me started on this. And so then I went and I, w I did more research, right? I Obviously, I can't cite every single article in this podcast. It would be really boring. That's why you're going to write a blog post. Yes, right? I'm going <laughs> to put this online. But in summary, this is my impression, is that occasionally in this coverage, the human element is left out completely. As in that Accounting Today article, that Fox Business News appearance, there is no mention of human beings being involved in the impression that I got as a listener or a reader is that, wow, this is some amazing AI bot that is is doing everything and has completely replaced a bookkeeper. Now, they don't do that all the time. 
most of the time humans are mentioned, but it's characterized as AI doing the work with human verification, or it'll be characterized as, quote, a combination of accountants, machine learning, and AI, but the balance of what is robotic versus what is human is not made clear at all. Um, and that's what I'm curious about is what is what is the balance of robotic versus human? Because Enrico says humans are involved, but in an email to me, he said that humans aren't doing the work, that it's just ver they're just verifying the work. And I just don't think that's true based on the research that I've done. The rest of the time when I read about BotKeeper, that's, that's what's happening is that it's directly asserted or implied that AI is doing the work and humans are just verifying the data and, and training the bots. Yeah. And that's the impression you get from the website too, right? If you go to the homepage, you know, you look at under how it works on the homepage, it says the bot categorizes expenses, pays bills, invoices customers, accrues revenue and expenses, reconciles accounts, and enters data into your accounting software. The next item on that graphic says, with an arrow that goes from the bots to the humans, says next... The team of skilled accountants review your data to ensure accuracy, handle complex accounting, and assist with any needs or challenges. I did an interview with Enrico, which I will also publish. I've had it transcribed. The full audio will be available, in which he said in his own words that the botkeeper does not pay bills. It's a human being that pays the bills. Uh, it is not accruing. Well, it's not doing adjusting entries to accrue or defer you know, revenue or expenses. And even though the website says that it reconciles accounts... Uh, there's actually no way that BotKeeper could be doing that through the API and QuickBooks. And Enrico said as much that a human being is the one running the reconciliation report every month. I mean, I saw your transcript, right, with Enrico. I know you're going to like said, do the blog post and a lot of those details are in here. And I think like, you went through workflow by workflow, right, of the accounting flow. Like, how is payroll done? How is this done? How is this done? And I know what Enrico actually answers some of these things in a very human way, right? Like, hey, we're starting to get there. We're working hard on that. It's not fully done, right? It's just a little bit more um, transparent, right? And his answers that he kind of gave in that. And I, th I think that, that that's the, the part that's missing in all the other talk, I think. There's a disconnect there. But then I think you, you also said, you, you mentioned to me, you were like, there's some impressive stuff. And I, I have to say, I was impressed with the transparency that I received from Enrico when I was on the phone with him on Monday this week. He, he spent over an hour with me describing this stuff. So that was great. And that was, of course, before the whole tweet storm. Yes, there are some interesting things happening at BotKeeper. Now, I haven't verified this myself. This is based on what Enrico said, and I hope that we get to see it live on Facebook on Friday. The thing that BotKeeper is doing that is fairly impressive is the categorization of the transactions. The transactions are, are fed from the QuickBooks Live bank feed. I'm sorry, not QuickBooks Live. I've got QuickBooks Live on my mind. The transactions are fed from QuickBooks Online, bank feed into the BotKeeper algorithm, where it then uses a machine learning algorithm to determine how to code those transactions. And it's not just something simple like coding based on the vendor name. It looks into the entire history of the company across the BotKeeper database and figures out how to code it. And it can so it's like bank feeds like on steroids. So, so you have a bank feed, it's coming down with X in it. You can set up rules yourself, but this is like, hey, before you even have to make a rule or go look at this, we have all this other knowledge yeah. because of other clients and other things we have knowledge about. And we're going to hopefully categorize these for you. And so it's, it's almost like for people that are using bank feeds, it's almost like bank feeds on steroids. It's like exactly. And, and, and if you are submitting documents to them, such as detailed bills, the claim is that BotKeeper is, it gets the line item detail and then they can code the line items based on the description 
using that machine learning algorithm. So if you buy, so in theory, yeah, if you if okay, you, let's say you buy apples from vendor A, vendor B, and vendor C, uh, it will know to categorize all the apples to the apples expense account, even if it's never seen vendor C before, but you've had a transaction history with vendor A. I mean, that's solving a real problem too, because like I know I I have GoDaddy. And sometimes it comes through and GoDaddy comes through and it's hosting and I need that to go to advertising. And sometimes GoDaddy comes through and it's my Office 365 subscription, right? And I need to have that to go to SaaS subscriptions, right? And Mm -hmm. I can't do that out of the box right right now. So all that stuff is like super cool. Uh, And again, I haven't seen it. I hope to see it on Friday. But categorizing transactions is not the only thing that a bookkeeper does. I'm sorry to say the bookkeepers do a lot more than that. (laughs) And I think most bookkeepers would be insulted if you said that all that they do is, you know, code transactions. And so that is troubling. I'm curious to know how Enrico justifies the claim that he ha- makes when that's what the AI is is cool and everything and is advanced compared to something else I've seen, but it's not a replacement for a human being. I, th- I think one of the big arguments that was taking place on Twitter is this, like, are humans involved? Are humans not involved? Right. Mm-hmm. So... Taking that out, like, what is like the reason that's important to CPAs and account? Why why is that an important question that's kind of out there? So I received an email after the podcast aired, actually before the whole tweet storm, that was from a CPA who is a current botkeeper partner and said that he had heard about what was going on and sent me a screenshot of his what he says is his botkeeper agreement and said, quote, I went and dug up my botkeeper agreement screenshot below. As you'll notice, it says data will be processed in the United States. Furthermore, Philippines was not mentioned on their website, not even now in a lengthy sales discussion with their rep at Engage, nor in a one hour private demo with Enrico that I received in late 2018. And the screenshot of the agreement says under the client data section, in connection with client data, client affirms, represents, and warrants that client owns or has the necessary licenses, rights, consents, and permissions to use an authorized botkeeper to use all client data in the manner contemplated hereunder and to transfer to and process such client data within the United States as may be required by applicable law. No mention of offshore. No mention of data going offshore. Uh, no mention in the agreement of using offshore labor, sending data over to the Philippines. No mention of that according to this CPA in the sales discussions at the AICPA and CAGE conference or from Enrico directly. That's that's a big question for me is why, how could this happen? Now, I'm not saying that was Enrico necessarily. Maybe, maybe he thought that this was all being disclosed. Maybe there's some sort of structural problem going on at Book Botkeeper. But you know, the reason I asked on Twitter, will anyone send me their Botkeeper agreements is because I'm trying to figure out if this is not disclosed. And to answer your question, David, this is very long-winded, I know, this matters because CPAs are required under the, under the AICPA code of conduct to, well, here, I'll quote it for you. When you're using a third-party service provider, there's actually a provision in the AICPA Code of Professional Conduct. Let's see. It says, before disclosing any confidential client information to a third-party service provider, the member, the CPA, should do one of the following. 
enter into a contractual agreement with third-party service provider to maintain the confidentiality of the information and provide reasonable assurance that the third-party service provider has appropriate procedures in place to prevent the unauthorized release of confidential information to others. So if BotKeeper is not disclosing to CPAs and to CPA firms that the, the data is going overseas, then they are not able to provide necessarily that reasonable assurance that the, the unauthorized release of the information to others has been prevented or secured against. Because once, say, a bank statement or a W-2 or W-4 goes overseas, U.S. law doesn't apply over there, right? So how do you go, how do you go get that data back? That, that's a problem. It's interesting because I kind of, I'm almost feeling like this is like a bigger thing beyond Botkeeper, mm-hmm. right? Like, like is our AR CPAs and accounting firms doing their own due diligence, right? And then our app devs, right? And services like this are, you doing your own due diligence, like, like across the board. I know that, that, you know, and this, now these are just guidelines from the AICPA, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of different versus like GDPR stuff, right? Government regulation, right. like, this is just like a personal code of conduct. Well, this is, right? the, like this not, is the code of ethics that you have to abide by if you want to be a CPA. Okay. And if you don't, then they'll kick you out or right? you lose your license. Okay. So kind of important <laughs> for us. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So, so yeah, it may not be, I, I don't know if any of this is illegal, might not be, but it's certainly questionable when it comes to eth- ethics. I would consider it very questionable not to disclose this to the people who are using your service, to your partners. So I think that was a note that kind of was in the olive branch, right? And, and Ryuko said, you know, and, and that's something he can totally address in the Facebook Live, right? Yep. Like he, they, they want to, they are going to try and communicate this, their international presence better. Well, because like he kind of, it has. He it, said it's been great. Great. Yeah, he said that he would provide a copy of their agreement to me so that I could take a look, and it didn't. So that was supposed to happen. I think end of day. Uh, Wednesday or or Thursday, right. and here we are Friday. So I checked in with him today, right. and still hasn't sent it. So I don't know what's going on. So I think we have some time here. Like, so next Friday is five, six days, five, seven days away, right? Um, I don't know. Actually, maybe less when people listen to this. So again, we're doing two p.m. on Friday. So watch the the Cloud Accounting Podcast Facebook page. Um, watch Twitter. We'll get information details on this. Obviously, you're going to write a blog post, mm-hmm. which is going to have details about this come out um, and, and kind of the open questions, right? That are still kind of out there. And then those will be out there. And then that gives Enrico time to digest. And then we, we jump on the Facebook Live and we chat this out. I'm looking forward to it. Did anything else happen in the news? Should we should we should we take take a stab at other cloud accounting stories this yeah, week? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about. Here's a related AI story. Is with Avalara. Avalara has acquired. Artificial intelligence technology and expertise from Index. It's a company called Index. Avalara is buying them. And the idea is to take Index AI technology and apply it to the problem of of organizing its database of global uh, sales tax information. So make sure that Avalara's database is always up to date on the changing uh, rules and regulations in every single local jurisdiction, which right, is thousands in the United States alone. So they're going to do it using AI technology. I feel like when we started the podcast, it felt like last summer, everything was all blockchain, 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 blockchain. Now I feel like how the stories, everything's AI, bots, AI, <laughs> chats. Like, I almost feel like we're going to have to have a whole beat on this, right? Like this <laughs> well, AI I, thing. I, that's that's, that's me. I'm on the AI beat. You can, you can take blockchain. Okay. 
right. That's how we're going to divvy this up. All right. All right. We, we could do that. Got it. Got it. So um, I think Intuit announced earnings yesterday, and that was huge news. And they are doing really, really well, right? What is the its stock is bumped up. What's going on? Yeah, I think the stock crossed 250 bucks today or something. It's it's crazy. So they, uh, they announced their second quarter revenue increased 12% led by a 30% rise in small business online ecosystem. Uh, actually, revenue. 38%. Oh, 38. Sorry. I need thicker glasses. 38%. So it's even better than I imagined, obviously. And a lot of this is, is what's really interesting about this for Intuit. It's QuickBooks and small business, right? Intuit, for if you go back 15, 18 years ago, it was always so heavy TurboTax. Small business was small business. and it was, it was moving along. But now it's just amazing how much the small business division is contributing to Intuit overall. Um, to fact that they really lead with those numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they come out. And so the, the a couple of interesting ones that stood out to me was the QuickBooks numbers. QuickBooks internationally is just under a million subscribers now. QuickBooks mm-hmm. online. I think that was interesting. And then the other one that was interesting is the overall subscribers to QuickBooks Online now is at 3.9 million. Let's just call that 4 million. Take 4 million there. Take zero. I think they said they were at 2.5 or something. Start adding in a, you know, whatever Intact's got and take FreshBooks and everybody else. Like, is cloud accounting pushing like the 10 million mark now? Getting there overall? It's got to be close. So Matt, Matt Paff had some tweets about the uh, Intuit earnings. I don't know if you saw those. What he highlighted was that QuickBooks desktop revenue is actually up 7 million, which is 4.76% versus the same period last year. So, And I think that's, they're, they're, they're moving desktop customers into a subscription model. So that's increasing their revenue, even though they're still on desktop. Well, that, that's brilliant. Subscription model is the way to do it. Yeah. Because if not, I think I, I think historically with desktop software, and I mean, if you've ever bought desktop software, nobody paid per month. You'd buy it once every right. three years. Microsoft Office, right? You'd buy it every three years when you get a new PC and you install a new version of Office and you pay for it. But if they get you on subscription, like I'm probably paying more for Office now. I don't know it. Not eight bucks a month or whatever I'm paying, right? I might be paying more when it's all said and done. So what was interesting, uh, we're going to have to wait to see more about this, was a tweet from Sasan Ghadarzi. He said six hours ago, shared our Intuit results yesterday with investors and talked this morning with John Fort and Squawk Alley, highlighting how we're building an AI-driven expert platform to deliver the benefits customers seek with speed while digitizing the service industry. What does that mean? An AI-driven expert platform? Is he talking about QuickBooks Live? I mean, is he talking about TurboTax Live? What do you think, David? Like, like I said, this tipped. Every, that's all anybody's talking about is AI. You know, maybe maybe Intuit is further along the AI than they ever gave said before. Like, uh, but there's no doubt all this is coming, <laughs> right? Like, but and this is the thing. Like, like even Botkeeper's got amazing stuff happening to juice the bank feeds. Like, what is, what is Intuit having? You're right. This is super vague. It has all the buzzwords though. I mean, the only thing they left out was blockchain. But he's got all the buzzwords, and we're gonna have to watch this and like see what this yeah. means, right? And and these interviews. Obviously, probably on broadcast TV. I haven't seen them, so hopefully they show up on YouTube or something. And sometime this week, we'll see them and tweet about them. And but you're right; this could open up a whole other can of six episodes of excitement to talk about. So, speaking of uh, QuickBooks, Intuit, and online driving their revenue growth, there's a tweet from Lauren Lynn Crum asking Twitter, "Hey, when were these rolled out?" She's put up a screenshot of the usage limits in QuickBooks Online. She says, first I've seen on a client." Did these limits used to exist and they just weren't as explicitly stated? And she posted the screenshot of the usage limits. So apparently, 
uh, and I'd kind of sort of had this in the back of my head that I knew this was a thing, but I hadn't really paid attention to it. Apparently, when when Intuit rolled out QuickBooks Online Advanced, they also started gradually rolling out usage limits on all of the lower plans. Were you aware of this, David? I did get an email because I'm signed up as a QuickBooks Pro Advisor. So I did see an email and I did see some people talk about this a couple weeks ago. I actually think I had it in and slotted it as one of the stories and I just, we didn't make the cut that day. There's other stories to talk about. So I didn't make the cut. So I have seen this, uh, that this is happening. And so those of you that aren't aware of this, um, if you have a client on QuickBooks and they grow beyond whatever. So, well, in this, this, this example is, you know, uh, QuickBooks Online Plus, which is, I think, the one that most people are on. Now the limit is you can have five billable users, you can have 250 accounts in your chart of accounts, and you can have 40 classes and locations. That's the limits. And if you want... Yeah. Which, which are good sized. If, I, if I'm an enterprise with 40 locations... Well, th- this, this is the thing. I, I saw somebody complaining about this because they said, well, you know, we use classes to track job, like a job costing kind of thing. And so we have way more than 40 of those, you know, or if you're a not-for-profit, maybe you have to track a ton of different programs. And now you're getting forced into this advanced. And the reason I think this is very relevant to the earnings call is because I, gee, I wonder if Intuit's earnings are up because they're squeezing more money out of existing customers too, right? Forcing them onto the, what's, how much does QuickBooks Online cost? It's not cheap, right? The, the advanced one? I'm not positive on the price, but I think it's pushing that $89, $90 mark versus or river I'm paying. So this is interesting about you bring up the classes and this is, I think this is a perfect, you're right, a perfect example, right? So I use classes in my QuickBooks online. I am nowhere near an enterprise, like literally, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like, yeah, this is a teeny, teeny little operation, but I'm kind of anal and I like to have things organized and I like to create a class for conferences. Yeah. Right. And so if I do a lot of conferences and I'm tracking that conference, was it profitable, not profitable, PL by class, I'm going to use up these 40. Right. Soon. And, and, and now I'm going to, I'm going to be an, inter- I'm going to be advanced and I'm going to have to pay, pay you're screwed more money. And you're going to want to switch to something else because I just looked it up. Advanced costs without the discount, $150 per month, David. Or I could just, create i just merge my classes yeah but that like, sucks oh. like who wants to have to like you know junk around with like trying to stay under these artificial limits people will do it though will. i remember when i used to do tech support for quickbooks desktop well, yeah. people do anything they could not spend the, next the biggest dollar. the biggest hole with quickbooks desktop is people sharing user accounts right the biggest security problem right so any any yeah. any app that charges per user you know you've got people sharing access to accounts and that that's a disaster, which is actually why one of the things that appealed to me about Zero years and years ago when they first came to the U.S. and I signed up with them, right, <laughs> is because they didn't charge for the number of users. And actually, still, they I think they have unlimited you know tracking categories, which are the class equivalent in QuickBooks. So the the, the dumb thing about this, like I'd have to say. Like it makes it easy for people to digest and understand and figure out, but it should actually be based off a real usage. Like, hey, you're making this much volume and uh, server load. Yeah. Right. Well, and you maybe you have a hundred apps hooked up to the thing, and it's constantly making API calls to your QuickBooks. Like, it should be on server load, not an arbitrary yeah, number. Yeah. Because I could have easily have forty classes, but I'm not like I'm not putting any yeah, server. Or loads. you might not even be using classes at all, right? And be a gigantic. Yeah. Company, it's, it's just weird. Well, thank you for bringing this up because I didn't 
I've, I've kind of ignored this story. Now I realize this actually impacts me. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to rethink how I'm using classes now, actually, because I could see me exceeding 40 yeah, classes. You'll have to let me know uh, what, you end up, what you end up doing, how you get around it. Maybe you'll, you, there's an app for that, David. Yes, I, we'll <laughs> figure that out. But yeah, thanks for actually, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm Oh, man, no, I'm going to derail the rest of the podcast now thinking about my class strategy. Oh, well, Thanks, no, man. David. So speaking <laughs> of Intuit taking you to the dry cleaners, oh boy, you've got a story <laughs> about yes. actual dry cleaners. Yes. So I um, came across a story that is that actually about cloud accounting, but I totally think it is. So it's Tide, you know, like Tide laundry detergent. They are now launching an omni-channel on-demand laundry service. And as soon as I saw this article and read about it, I was like, this is like QuickBooks Live, right? So Tide, who was the right. vendor, right. Tide was the vendor. They were the supplier of the soap to all these dry cleaners, yeah. et cetera. They now are going to basically create an app. So think about your, like an Uber right. app, a Tide app. And you as a consumer will book somebody to come pick up your laundry. And it's all going through Tide. I'm paying Tide. And then apparently these dry cleaners will have to then be paired up and they'll go through Tide to pick up the laundry, wash it, and then so, deliver it to you back, whatever the, that process is. But essentially, it's similar, right? Like Tide's now playing middleman between the consumer and the dry cleaners. So yeah, Tide is going from becoming a supplier of laundry detergent to a platform for laundry services. That's yes, what, which is so similar. So into it, to, to, to draw the analogy, right? Intuit is going from being a provider of accounting software to being a platform for accounting services. Yes. So the dry cleaners are like the pro advisors and Tide is QuickBooks, the vendor. There you go. I just thought it was a very interesting, as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is the exact same story. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that story into my life. I enjoyed that. What's interesting about this, they're branded as Tide dry right. cleaners. They, this could actually, QuickBooks Live could be interesting. What if you as a bookkeeper now get to call yourself QuickBooks Live, and that's your storefront. Uh -huh. Imagine the people that might come come to you now. Like, so it's interesting. Could be helpful. Could be hurtful. We'll find out. Speaking of QuickBooks Live, we had a little bit of follow up on that, right? Yeah. So we recorded the podcast last Saturday, and no sooner did I get off, and I saw a tweet from Patty Sharp. So she has uh, she makes this great uh, video from Catching Clouds every um, Saturday morning. It's like. Saturday morning slowdown, I think. It's, she's got a little branded coffee mug. It's kind of a nice. cute like, nice. intro. But so she has her, um, her take oh, on it. Let me just Works stop Live. you there, David, just because we may have some new listeners who are not familiar with the in-depth coverage we have done on QuickBooks Live over the last few weeks. So, so just, just for those of you folks who haven't heard about it, uh, QuickBooks Live is an, quote, assisted bookkeeping, unquote, service that Intuit was testing pricing for on their website a few weeks ago. David and I broke the story about it. It blew up. There were dozens of blogs all over podcasts talking about Intuit potentially competing with bookkeepers, I suppose much the same way that Tide is now competing with dry cleaners. So uh, it has not rolled out yet. Intuit said it was just a test, but we actually have a lot of evidence to suggest it's really further along than just a test. So anyway, David, back to the story. So back to the story. So the summary of the quote in, in her video is, because so there's been a lot of talk about people, hey, well, if QuickBooks is going to do this, I'm going to skip to a different accounting platform. Mm -hmm. and, and her argument is it doesn't matter. 
like bookkeeping is kind of going away. Bookkeeping as it's known today and has been known historically is going away. It doesn't matter what platform you're on and that you really have to jump in and embrace this and change and reinvent what your practice is. But, but it's, a, it's a good six minute video. Everybody should watch it. She really nails it. And the interesting thing that Patty said is she said, you know, don't just, don't just worry about Intuit doing this. Everybody's going to do this. Like this is what all the software developers, where they're going. Patty's not worried about it. And I think the reason she's not worried about it is because her business, her firm is so niche and so targeted toward e-commerce companies and the needs of e-commerce companies that a assisted bookkeeping service from Intuit where it's like TurboTax Live, like those people are just going to have no clue what's going on. They are not experts in e-commerce and they're never going to be able to compete. They're not competing with the Turnard bookkeeping service, right? Like they won't even talk to an e-commerce person unless that e-commerce person's doing a million dollars in sales, yep. right? They, because they've, they've gone niche it. They've earned the right to do that because they, they're, they're experts in their niche. Yep. And if you can get to that point, um, I, another example, this is Chris Farman, who does small batch standard in, um, he is, he's out of Jacksonville, Florida. He only does breweries, but he is the best brewery mm-hmm. accountant possibly in North America. He charges what he wants to charge. And David, all credit to you. You have been beating this drum for like as long as I know you. And the people who have done it are doing really, really well. So uh, if you if you haven't, time to niche. I think maybe actually on one of these episodes, you should sort of just do like a summary of your niche argument. That would be really cool. Like take take some time and you can just make the presentation. Here's the summary. Niche enables everything. That's it. <laughs> like if you if you go niche, everything else falls into place. That's that's my that's the premise of my theory. But yeah, we could absolutely do that. Um, before we jump into another story, I want to assign a story to Patty since she's the e-commerce expert. All right, Etsy. So Etsy's you know the online seller platform, right? So people can sell stuff. Apparently, had a major nightmare. They had some. They, they might have had a bug, and either it deducted money from seller fees out of some people's bank accounts or deposit money in incorrectly to where it's going to cause it to show up in a 1099. Then they try to remove it. Then people had checks bounce and it's an accounting nightmare from mm-hmm. Etsy standpoint. It's a nightmare, but think about an individual small business part person who sells on Etsy, like how messed up their books are now. So next week I'll have more on this story, but it sounds like a nightmare. Uh, Etsy did not handle this correctly. Patty, we'd love to hear what you think about this. Yeah, absolutely. So David, I think that's all the time we've got this week. We'll just have to save all these other great articles for next time. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, at David Leary. At David Leary on Twitter. And I am at Blake T. Oliver. You can at mention us, tweet at us, direct message us. You can connect with us on LinkedIn as well. And don't forget to like our f- Facebook page, the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Search for that on Facebook. It's a great way to stay up to date on everything that's going on with new episodes and articles. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. If you go to cloudaccountingpodcast.com, you can subscribe to my mailing list and you will get the show notes for every episode emailed to you every time we drop a new episode. Why would you want to do that? Because then if you heard a great article on your drive to work or your commute, you have that email in your inbox and you can go find the article, click it and read it in more depth. Be sure to subscribe. It was a great chatting with you this week, David, and I'm looking forward to uh, Friday. What's the time and date for that Botkeeper thing? Friday, 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 March 1st, 2 p.m. Pacific. All right. So follow us on Facebook so that you get notified of that Facebook Live. Should be very interesting uh, to find out what is what is going on. Awesome. At Botkeeper.
Bye, everybody. Thanks, David. Bye.